My guest is Nicole Hatherley, an award-winning global brand strategist, profile specialist, business storyteller, international keynote speaker, guest facilitator, and creator of global personal by professional brand program, Brand Your Way. For over 28 years, Nicole has delivered award-winning strategies and campaigns for iconic brands, global organizations, influential thought leaders, and business leaders. As you'll hear in the podcast, Nicole's superpower is guiding you to align your vision, articulate your value, and amplify your voice for impact and legacy. In our chat today, Nicole demonstrates her superpowers in the way that she unearths brand magic. She goes to work on me in this episode, and together we uncover my signature story map and what Nicole refers to as my origin story. It's a podcast which I think will inspire you to dig into your own signature story map too. Now, before we kick off, next week, I've got something really exciting for you. On Tuesday, the 8th of March, I'm opening the doors to my signature program, Ready to Rise. It's a program specifically designed for mums in business that will take you from feeling like an overwhelmed entrepreneur, feeling alone and exhausted and on the road to burnout, to thriving as a business owner, feeling energized, inspired, and ready to grow your business in alignment with a healthy work-life blend to be present with your family and to honor your own self-care needs. If you're ready to rise to the next level, and if you're a mum that's made for more, then make sure you check it out when the doors open on Tuesday, the 8th of March. You can head to donahan.com for more information. Now let's get started with the podcast and chat to Nicole Hatherley. I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses, I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too, because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Donna Han, and today I'm joined by the beautiful, charismatic, and super knowledgeable global brand strategist, Nicole Hatherley. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Oh, no pressure. Thanks, Donna. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. Thanks for that gorgeous intro. That's a brand right there. (laughs) Nicole, whenever I welcome a guest to the podcast, I like to start 
by inviting you to share who you are and also a little bit about your business journey because there is no right way, no one way to go about building a business from zero to success. And I think that it's great to share the varied and interesting journey that we go through to build our business over the years. And you've been in business for a long time. And I would love you to first introduce yourself and then take us back to the beginning of your journey as to how you came to do what you're doing now. Ah, that's and it is such an interesting journey. So as you said, I'm Nicole Hadley and I am a global brand strategist, or what I say is a global brand catalyst. So really working with professional experts to align their vision and then articulate their value and then to amplify their voice. And so I do that for big global organizations and I do that uh, one-on-one in my H2H business or my human-to-human business, which is Brand Your Way. And um, working with a lot of small business, micro business, majority women in business as well is my sweet spot. But where I started, geez, I've been in business for myself for about five years, but I've been in the business of brand and marketing and big digital social communities for the past 28 years, Donna, I started young. For the past 28 years, and it wasn't so much a squiggly line, but I started in agency land and that was in the heady 90s. <laughs> so a young gun moved from Canberra to Sydney. So this was the big smoke for me mm. and started working in one of the big agencies, Leo Burnett. And I was there for eight years. And this was in the time when direct marketing just came to Australia. Yeah, Not right. the Dentel, get a set of steak knives but the real kind of personalized marketing. And it hit and uh, Leo Burnett, it was probably one of the premier agencies. And then through there, I grew into brand and grew into acquisition and became a master of those. So I was an account director when I left and I went to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) I went client side and I never looked back. Client side was so totally different. And my first role was heading up the branded acquisition machine at Foxtel. And so you can imagine the joys I had with the whole brand of Foxtel and then Fox Footy and all these sub brands within it. And for the first time, I only had to look after one brand. Mm. <laughs> so in agency, I was leading big brands like Subaru and Acer and JCPenney out of the States, Amex. And I had a lot of brands on my agenda. But I was like, oh, I only have to really champion and cheerlead one brand. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that for a number of years until I jumped into Commonwealth Bank. And I jumped over to Commonwealth Bank to take up a role that was to launch the brand of Comsec online. Mm. So self-directed investing. It was big then. It had a market share. Nothing like it had happened in Australia. So I had no competitors. Imagine a brand with no competitors. It was just strange. It was really interesting, Don. I think it was the first time that I felt that I had to jump back in my box chocolate. I was kind of at the top of my tree and in executive management in brand. And I suddenly went to ComBank and it was financial services. And I was 38 at the time and I hadn't really been in this digital thing. So it was about 15 years ago now. And I hadn't been in this digital thing. What was this digital, you know, uh, performance and search and marketing? And what was this self-directed investing? I knew my stuff about brand, but I knew nothing about the digital world. And I knew nothing about a financial services brand. And I sat there and cried for the first three days. I'm like, how am I going to get from here to this massive celebrated launch that everyone's looking to me for? 
And I just really crumbled in that moment. I remember those first three days just kind of sitting in my chair going, (laughs) (laughs) what have I done? (laughs) What have I done? Um, And suffice to say, 10 years in that business, I was five years. I I did launch. I launched with celebration. I put everything into it, Donna, but far out, that imposter syndrome, Mm. I knew that someone was going to tap me on the back and go, you're the chick from Foxtel. (laughs) (laughs) And and just go, yeah, you're in the wrong seat. So that was a really big lesson Mm. in really digging deep and finding my own brand within that and knowing what my talents and skills were relatable. I might not have ever done digital or financial services or been leading a team I didn't really know anything about. (laughs) I might not have done that, but I had done a hell of a lot that I could transfer those skills. And once I cottoned onto that, and could actually confidently market myself within there and get a personal brand that was strong in there, I went, ah, there's something in this. And so 10 years, I was in executive management at ComBank. The last five years, I was part of an incredible business called Women in Focus. It was an external facing community, still is, for women in business. So I was looked after the connection across digital platforms for about 80,000 women in business across Australia. And so understanding how I could, again, transfer my skills from digital marketing to digital publishing to tell the stories of these women so that they could flourish in their business. Mm -hmm. And I was also started going around Australia speaking on stages as to what that success looks like and and how important connection, information and inspiration was to a woman's journey as which she was in business, Mm -hmm. especially when she has a family or was turning her hobby into a business. We were very Mm -hmm. passionate about making sure the landscape was conducive for them. And then I realized I could do this myself (laughs) until buy a brand. So I jumped out of there and Brand True North, my digital brand agency was born. Five years later, here I am and I have Brand Your Way. And my brand, Nicole Hatherley Brand Catalyst, is the brand that actually is the global keynote speaker and facilitator. So I have three brands. They all sing from the same songbook. No one's confused and it works like a treat. Amazing. Amazing. I love hearing stories like that, that show the journey, because like I said at the beginning, there's no overnight success. It takes time. But the beautiful thing that I think everyone listening can take from it is that the skills that we learn way back at the beginning of our career, or even the parts of our personality that are ingrained from the day that we are born, they all add up. They're all like the stepping stones to where you are now. And it's lovely to hear you speak about that and for us to get more of an insight into your journey. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. And and it's really important because people can see me on a global stage Mm -hmm. and people can be very, very kind and generous and very positive about their experience of me. But they don't see the nights that I'm trying to film something sliding down my wall (laughs) with my makeup down. They don't (laughs) see those moments just before that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Those moments are just before you break through, like a, aging myself here, like a Pac-Man game. <laughs> You're going next to where it's Or like labour, like, as many women would relate like to. like labour, as many women will relate to. It's just that. And, and you think, I'm never doing this again. And a couple of months later, you're like, oh, how can I do that again? <laughs> but um, I love what you said there, John, and we'll just go back before we go forward. I have always been in the business of connecting and storytelling. That's been the core since I could talk. I've always been storytelling. 
I remember setting the scene dramatically for my mum, just asking if I could go out and play. Yeah. Like everything was a story. I connected people and I connected people to brands and stories, a real connector. Once I hooked in to the business I was really in, not the role I was playing at mm. any time, that opened up everything. And I, I'm very clear on my purpose in life. So finding out and understanding what business I'm really in mm -hmm. and my purpose in life, mm -hmm. and then how my roles and my business can actually be a conduit for that purpose. That then is that genius zone. That's then the flow. It doesn't mean you won't be sliding down the wall drinking your own snot crying and ugly cry face, <laughs> but it makes more sense. And I think too, when I talk about this within the Ready to Rise program, in our module one of the program is all about really uncovering why you do what you do and the true core purpose behind it and also your core values. Because like you said, no matter how successful you are in your business, there will be times when you will be on the floor crying and let's be dramatic about it. You know, there might be snot oh, and everything else coming. My, you should see my, you should see how dramatic my snot, <laughs> snot mascara ugly cry is. Yeah. But it's, the thing is, if we know what our true purpose is, if we've got a really clear understanding of what I call our heart-centered values, then we can bounce back up. And if we don't know what those are, it's so hard to get back up and have that resilience to try again. But if you know what they are, it's so much easier because you can give yourself, have your pity party, give yourself a bit of a slap and then get back up and, and go again. And that's the key. You never bounce back. You always bounce forward. Mm-hmm. That's the key. It's the forward facing and you can have a pity party. Just don't, you can stay overnight or camp there a few days. Just don't move in. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so let's talk about signature brand because you talk yes. in um, learning more about you. You know, I've listened to a few of your lives that you've delivered through your social media platforms and things like that. And I've also dug into some more of your stuff, which we'll talk about in a second. But your signature brand being a catalyst for energizing your purpose, and I'm stealing yep. your words, and accelerating yep. your identity and influence and impact. For those listening mm -hmm. who are new mm -hmm. to this concept, can you unpack that and break yeah. that down for us into like really simple layman terms? What yeah. does it mean by your signature brand being a catalyst for accelerating impact when it comes to your business? There's a lot of big words there. See, that's yeah. what us brand strategists and wordsmiths do. We make every word count and you have to unpack it. Let's do this. The best thing for me in business is that everyone's got a personal brand. So I'll never be out of business. <laughs> so yeah, what every single person has, not every single person on planet, obviously, but when we're at a place, a very fortunate space of being able to be in a role or be in business, we have a personal brand. Whether we like it or not, our choice at that point, at any point, and, and everyone listening, think about yourself. There's a point where we get to own the narrative. We get to own that personal brand because if we don't own it, if we shrug it off and go, yeah, I don't have one, it doesn't really matter. I'm not anyone. I've just got a job or I'm just new in business or I'd like to hide behind my brand. Any of those usual suspects, then we're giving license to everyone else to have their own narrative. So I impact a lot of people over a year, over the course of a year. And actually my mission is by 2025 to ignite 20,000 professional experts to amplify their voice through articulating their values. So there's a lot of people I'm, I am on a mission to stand in front of. Now, if they've all got their own narratives of me, 
there's 30,000 narratives walking off and going, hey, I saw this great speaker, mm, and then they're going to make up their own. Mm-hmm. So it's really crucial, no matter what part of the life cycle of our business, we own that narrative, right? So that's the first thing. Your personal brand is just a story. So if your personal brand is just a story, if we take personal out, this is re- and everyone grab, grab a piece of paper and a pen. Remember that brand is just a feeling. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in one person's mind and heart. So a brand is just a feeling. We're not talking about branding and the look and feel and your logo and what you look yeah, like. Yeah, not the visual brands. So it's this feeling. So it's basically mm. my work is all around reputation and identity and that's all mm. brand is. And so you've really got to dig deep and go, oh, I'm affecting people. Whether that's happy, sad, whether that you're affecting people, you get to choose what your brand is. And here's the four things that brands are. And no one talks about this. First of all, brands, and this is your personal brand, but also your professional brand. And we'll talk about signature brand, bringing those two together. Okay. So brand, or every brand needs to be other focused. It's not about you. It's about them. It needs to be future focused. It's not a laundry list and a look back. It's a what you want to do more of. It has to be compelling. And it has to be aspirational. Mm -hmm. So it has to be other-focused, future-focused, compelling, and aspirational. So if your brand or your story isn't that, then we need to just rebrand. And it's really actually quite simple to rebrand. Just think about when someone asks you this question, Donna. And I'm actually going to do this with you. Question without notice. We're at a, I don't know, a wedding, a barbecue, bar mitzvah, wherever we are. And we've just been we've just been introduced, and I go, we, and we haven't rehearsed this anyone out. Uh, no. okay, so, so she's actually blushing. Um, <laughs> so we've worked out. Hey, Donna, it's really lovely to meet you. So, what do you do? That question. Ah, uh, the question. Yes. Well, um, I am very lucky. I get to work with amazing women in business. Oh. That's good. What do you do with women in business? Well, I help them go from feeling exhausted on the path to burnout to transforming as a thriving business owner through self-care. Now I've gone mentally blank. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I help them transform by really understanding the business skills that go along with running a business. But not only that, we look at integrating the three sides. So the savvy entrepreneurial businesswoman, the heart-centered, in-the-moment mum that has time for her family, And also honoring the woman herself in having self-care and being able to tune into what she wants. So, Oh, boom. So right then there, I'm actually not listening to you. I'm hearing me. I'm identifying with, oh, what are the three sides of me? Oh, she could help me. But actually, she could help Sally Sue, Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. A lot of people are in that situation and they'll go with their role. I'm a a business coach and strategist. Oh, okay. And then, oh, oh, how'd you get into that? Oh, well, at uni, I studied psych. And then I went from there and and the story goes on, right? So there is this default of, I'll let you know what my role is in my career. Yes. And then I'll let you know what that's. If you ask me another question, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to a point in my time. 
and tell you a story from there. And it's usually a quite a kind of linear chronological mm-hmm. and somewhat uninspiring. Mm-hmm. But when you start with, I've got the best job in the world, I reckon, yes. or I've got, and people walk in going far out. I've never heard anyone say that ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be good. And then you say, and mine is really similar, Donna. I help professional experts to articulate their value. And they go, you know, what part of articulate your value? So what do you do? Well, we align, we articulate and we amplify. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested. So they can see themselves in you. You've done your transition point. So I actually work with invisible experts looking for more to transition them um, Mm. into visible experts, uh, valuable executives and visionary um, entrepreneurs so that they can make their impact and legacy. So that's other focus, future focus, compelling and aspirational. People can see themselves in that pitch. If you love the creativity, the challenge and the buzz of building and growing your own business, but you wish there could be some way to find a beautiful balance to avoid the path of burnout, then you need my framework. The Ready to Rise program will show you the path to integrating the three sides of you. The wicked smart businesswoman, the devoted present in the moment mum and partner, and the grounded, inspired, and energized you. I'll teach you the step-by-step strategies that will take your business to the next level and pave the way for you becoming the savvy businesswoman that you know you have the potential to be. Next week, Tuesday the 8th of March, doors will open to my program. And so I'm hosting a series of free mini sessions so that you can get a feel for how I run the program and all of its benefits. If you want to join me for the daily mini sessions, then just head over to my Insta or Facebook pages and I'll be there showing up daily live. Doors to the program close on Tuesday, the 15th of March. So make sure you mark it in your diary because you don't want to miss out. So signature brand, when we talk about our signature brand, and I've got the beautiful magic of four here. I'm going to give you another four. Okay. I've got my pen. You've got your pen. I can see. Um, So... We've got our personal brand. Now we know what a personal brand is, but personal brand is quite foreign to the millennials who are coming through into the workforce. So the oldest millennials are around 40 now. Mm-hmm. So they're not the youngins anymore. But by That's 2020... Me. That's <laughs> me. Go. I'm 40 this year. So I am I am that. So you are those millennials that we used to roll our eyes at. Mm-hmm. You're leading the business. And so uh, by 2025, 75% of the global workforce will be made up of you. Oh, there you go. That is a statistic I did not And millennials by trade and just by way of being brought up in a digital world, they don't have personal brand. They actually Mm. struggle to understand what personal brand is. The older ones kind of know that their parents had it Mm. or their older siblings, but they don't have a personal brand. Why do you think that is? How has that shift come about? So easy to understand. So me, I'm not a millennial, so I'm a digital migrant. I will always be a digital migrant. I'm at the top of the pops in understanding digital Mm. landscapes, but I'm a digital migrant. You're an immigrant or migrant. You're a digital native. Every Mm -hmm. one of you millennials listening here or or have them. So when you're a native, it's your native language. So when you grew up, Donna, and younger millennials, you were online, you were connected and you were intrinsically a brand. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to work out how you were going to show up, Mm -hmm. what you stood for, what you didn't walk past and actually create a personal brand. So you were. So millennials don't have a personal brand, they are a brand. Mm. So they struggle with this. And then they've got to make the leap to, oh, how do I actually react and respond and show up in my professional life? And you can see that they're quite authentic. They're quite, this is me. It doesn't matter if I'm at work or at home or with my friends and family, this is me. 
And that is the perfect essence of a signature brand. The signature brand is when your personal brand and your professional brand come together. And there's two other P's. It is all then has a beautiful roof on top of it, which is your profile, your brand story. That needs to be beautifully authentic, Mm. but it now has to be infused with your purpose. You cannot be anything but purpose-led in business anymore. People trust people who are purpose-led. People hire people. People want to work with people. There has to be that essence. So simply, your signature brand is exactly what it says. It's you. It's your signature. And I love your signature, Donna, with your love heart. That is Uh, your signature brand. I nearly didn't have the love heart. I nearly took that off. No, definitely you. It is me. And I think that it's so interesting hearing you talk about that as being a millennial, because I think like as a small child, like my family immigrated from England when I was about five. And so my parents came to Australia. My dad had a trade. He was a shop fitter, cabinet maker, like very skilled at what he did. But they came to Australia knowing basically no one, having no connections. And he started a business and it was a family business that he and my mum built up together. But I remember watching them and they, as you were talking, I'm like, they did have a personal brand because there was no digital It was all little ads, print ads in the local newspaper. And it was always a picture of mum and dad standing together. And it was always built around this family-focused business, serving the local community and going above and beyond to serve them. And we, it was just, it was, that's what it was. It was a real personal brand. And their story was weaved through that continuously, but they wouldn't have understood that that's what they were doing back then. It was just the way it was done, right? Yeah. yeah and, I, and I love that you're talking about the story because when we, at the heart of our brand, at the heart of the signature brand, mm. um, let's make no mistake, it's, it's the story. So your brand, so in brand, we work with what's called a USP and you, you know what this is and mm-hmm. many people will know. So it's your unique selling proposition. And so we have to find that very quickly in any brand that we're just about to launch on the global stage. Mm-hmm. It's no different to a person. But when it comes to your most original value that you can share with others, no one else owns your story. It's the most powerful USP. It's uniquely yours, yet 79% of us don't lead our brand or have our story in there. Mm. And I'll tell you why it's so challenging to tell our own story. Everyone's challenged at telling our own story. The first reason the main reason, and, and for everyone here who has children, and it changes the way you will approach this with your children. The main reason is we've never learned. We've never learned to tell our story. Mm -hmm. So it's kids growing up, we're not encouraged to tell our story or blow our own horn. We're conditioned to blend in and be liked. We want to be that kid that is asked to be on the team. We don't stand up. We don't tell our story because no one's really interested because everyone else has got their own. And as a kid, we haven't got a story yet. So it's not our realm. And that's how most of us generally grow into adults. Mm. We shrink back, we blend in, and we feel that our story's not worthy. So we've never practiced it. Really interesting. Really interesting. The next reason, and this is a biological reason and and actually a very natural reason, we're totally desensitized by our own story. Did you realize that? Because I guess we've lived it and it doesn't seem interesting to us. It's... doesn't seem interesting. So mm. the amount of people that are on stage telling a story and people are like, oh, that is completely fascinating. They're like, really? Just what happened? Mm. 
And we are naturally desensitized and we need to actually move away from that. We need to actually think about ourselves as a product or service Mm -hmm. and tell the story from that space. And the final reason we never tell our story is we don't craft it in a way that our audience is craving it. So we don't craft it to the audience craving. So we're not sharing our headlines and our customer-facing benefits. And this is what you led with. It was beautiful what you said. I have so much fun. I'm so lucky in business. I transform. You're leading with your headlines, the customer-facing benefits, your future-focused, your other-focused, you're compelling and you're aspirational. Other Other people, when we're crafting our story, you know, you could be in a job interview or you could be being interviewed by someone and someone says, so tell me about, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Mm. You could be on a date. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where the hell do you start? Yeah. And that's the thing I think, when, as I'm listening to you, I'm jotting down different things that are popping <laughs> up for me because I think sometimes when I, like I work with a lot of women who have a variety, like they all come to me with the same sorts of challenges, which is their time poor, they want to learn more about running their business really successfully rather than just kind of being on that hamster wheel and being busy all the time, but not actually yeah. moving toward... They, they need structure and they need a plan and they need a focus, but they're all from very, very diverse businesses. So some are um, service-based businesses. A lot coming through at the moment are product-based businesses, which has been a hobby or something that they're very good at. They've got the skills to do it, the technical skills to do it, and then they're moving into the business side of it. But I think that there's this sticking point, which is what's coming up for me is they go, but it's my product is a earrings or it's something that like handmade. It's, a, you know, sometimes there's quite a lot of handmade products there. It's not a service as yeah, such. Yeah. Getting behind that as your being the brand, but your personal brand behind that, I do encourage them to like do videos behind the scenes and talk to people about who the person is behind the product. But can you go into that a little bit more detail for the people who are maybe stuck in that going, but I sell a product. How can I have a personal brand when I'm a product? Yeah, absolutely. And it comes down to a really simple formula. This formula is really that evidence, self-belief. And then that is the confidence to come out behind your brand. Because again, people aren't just buying earrings. People are backing the person. People love the story behind the earrings. And I don't have to go into that. We all know that. However, what I all the time, and this happens in big business as well, all the time I see the cart is before the horse. I work in brand-led business growth and I see that the business grows or the business goes before the brand. Then my work is to put the brand before the business. So it's a brand-led business approach because the brand will lead the business growth. It can't be the other way around because there will be a plateau and a stagnant a stagnant growth in the business if this story is not evol- ever evolving. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to ever evolve a business, but it's not hard to ever evolve a story. Mm-hmm. We're rebranding an incredible Australian fashion brand for women at the moment. It's been in play for about 15 years. Everyone would know it. And we're hard rebranding it. And we're bringing the story of the founders out because they've changed. And we're actually taking every all of their customers and their very sticky community on that journey. Mm. And they're going to see that journey in themselves. And we're going from a inspirational brand to an aspirational brand. And we're putting, we're infusing purpose in it. And the purpose is infused around economic uh, empowerment of women. And suddenly it's layered. And the founders called last night going, we are so energized by this. 
we can now see what our brain can be and it can actually be what we wanted it to be all mm, along. Amazing. We, and that is what it is. So when we go back to people hiding behind their brands and hang on, I'm not a brand. So your why has to come out because that's what people are buying. Yes, they're buying the earrings, but yep. that ever-evolving story and you behind the story is the signature brand of the business. Yes. The product brand is the professional brand. They are the earrings, but there's benefits and features of those earrings. But hang on, there's a benefit and a feature, possibly a social impact of those earrings. They could be painted by Indigenous artists. They could be, there's a story in that brand. There is Mm -hmm. a reason that you've got to that, that everyone is interested in. And actually that will lead the business growth much better than here, buy some earrings, here, buy some earrings, here, buy some earrings, hey, here, buy some earrings. Woohoo, look at this. I've got some earrings. Oh, it's earrings for sale. Oh, there's new (laughs) earrings. Oh, get both earrings. That's just a broadcast of sales messaging. Mm -hmm. But when someone shows up and goes, I'm going to be exploring the journey of the two women that are painting the Indigenous art for my new card that the earrings go on. Join me in that. It's really important we tell those stories. So it's interesting. It's finding those different angles to tell your story to influence Mm -hmm. an outcome. Yeah. I love that. And we do have a module within the Ready to Rise program that is about branding. And one of the things we talk about, yeah, is about that you actually need to become an extension of your customer's identity in the way that you brand your story and you put your put it out there that they need to identify with you and your products and go, oh, that's me or that's who I aspire to be. And that thing, whatever, that pair of earrings is going to help me to show up as that person that I want to aspire to be. And And it's so clever when that clicks into place for the ladies that I work with and they start doing that within their business. You can just see this evolution that happens. And then from there, their business, as you say, naturally grows. And it doesn't doesn't feel salesy. It doesn't feel icky. It feels beautiful. And I'm going to give you a wonderful analogy that once you know, you'll never unknow. And I love your module on branding that actually brings that out. And I call it the kilt. So it's the kilt mode. And mm-hmm. what I mean by kilt, if everyone can, and everyone knows what's under a kilt. Yes. But <laughs> we all put our kilts on and our kilt has, uh, traditionally in Scotland, the kilt has your own identity on it, right? Yes. So I always yes. play with identity. But kilt for me is no identify with like and trust. So know, identify, like, and trust. So people need to know you, then they'll identify themselves with you, and then they'll like you, and then they'll trust you. Kilt. Yes. So wear your own kilt. It's got your own cloth. Mm -hmm. It tells a story, and then they can identify, like, and trust. They cannot know, identify, like, and trust your earrings as much as you want them to. They will never know identify with like and trust. They could identify with, but that no like and trust is absolutely crucial when it comes to your brand. So remember to wear your kilt proud, no matter what you think is underneath it, no one can see it. (laughs) Wear that kilt. It's your signature kilt and it's no identify like and trust. I love that. So when we're embracing that sense of standing proud as your unique self and taking being that brand that we talked about, it takes a lot of confidence. I think. Like I know for me, it takes a lot of confidence, but that can be really challenging, especially when coming from the Aussie culture of that tall poppy syndrome. And you briefly touched on this a little while ago when we were talking before. So I want to circle back to it because from a young age, we're conditioned to do the opposite, to play small, as you said, 
and to not self-promote and to not give that impression that you're it and a bit, right? And and when you and I had a chat last week, yeah. it really helped me to move through that when you walked me through that process of unlocking your unique contribution that you have to the world. And when you explored my past experience and you pulled that golden thread, which linked it all together, I instantly felt like 100% comfortable in showing wasn't, up. I yeah. wasn't that excited. I was so juiced up like for hours afterwards, which yeah. happens when I work with all of my clients. But doesn't it change your perspective of your own confidence it really for the does. rest of your career? Yeah, it really, really does. And that tall poppy syndrome, it just like felt like I'd shedded that, like it was gone. Yes. And you, can, um, and you don't go back. That's the thing, Donna. You won't go back once you've got these, and, and we'll share it with everyone, but once you've got these things that I'll share with everyone and these pieces, it actually propels you forward and you don't go back and you actually shed that uncomfortable feeling. It's not comfortable talking because you haven't practiced it, but you don't feel like you're in the wrong space. You just feel like you need to, I want to do this more. It is actually exciting. Can you imagine being excited about telling the world about yourself? So good. So can you share for our listeners how you move through that imposter or tall poppy syndrome to arrive at a place where you can really stand strong in your mastery and not shy away from it? Because you have this amazing tool, the signature value map that you shared with me that really, really helped. And I know that you're keen to share it with people listening, which is awesome. I'll make sure it goes in the show notes. Um, Absolutely. Can we dig into that a little bit more so that people can get the full benefit from that? Yeah, absolutely. And I work with global brands. So a lot of my clients at the moment in the US and in Europe, and I was only talking to a group of them yesterday, actually, they're out of Florida. And I was explaining the tall poppy syndrome that is uniquely Australian, by the way. Americans don't have any trouble talking about themselves and they don't have any idea. First of all, they thought I was saying a tall puppy. So they were trying to wonder what a tall puppy syndrome was (laughs) and why we all thought we were tall puppies until they realized that it was my accent. Um, But tall puppy syndrome actually came out of the depths of the depression where there was not enough. So lack and fear breeds tall puppy syndrome. And as we come through, lack and fear was then pulled in intrinsically together of people standing up and actually coming into their own brand, funny enough when they came into their own freedom of doing and saying what they needed and wanted. So when someone was telling about themselves or bragging or they were taking too much, there actually wasn't enough in Australia. There wasn't enough jobs. There wasn't enough money. So that fear and lack mentality, and there wasn't a lot of people in Australia compared to distant cousins. And so it was out of necessity, but we've moved far beyond this lack and fear in the country, but we haven't moved beyond the tall puppy. So tall puppy basically means if you stand out, someone will cut you down and they will try because it's coming from their own lack and fear. I have great compassion, great compassion and genuine compassion for someone who shows me their their fear and their lack. And I come in and swoop them up and let them know Mm. there is enough. Yeah. And And I hear them and see them. Yeah, Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've done a lot of work around the Brene Brown stuff. I was really lucky to go on a workshop with a Brene Brown facilitator. And exploring that whole like being in the arena and what it feels like when people are throwing the tomatoes at you from the bleachers and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, and it's the people that are sitting in those rows in the cheap seats that are throwing all that crap at you. They're the ones themselves that coming from a place of fear and not enough. And if if you were to reverse places with them, it's like you can 
criticize oh. and you can cut me down all you want, but I'll swap you. You come and stand in the yeah. arena and do this. And chances oh, no, are, I never, they I won't. Never wanna, I'd never want to swap because I've moved out of that. And, and having compassion for those people, yeah. criticism is never, ever, ever about you or very yeah. rarely about you. It's mm, about mm. them. So mm. tall poppy will keep you small. But then when we talk about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and 70% of people actually have imposter syndrome or feel the effects of imposter Do you know who was absolutely manic and crippled? Actually manic, made manic and crippled by imposter syndrome was okay. Einstein. Ah. And so in his latter years, he drove himself insane with it. He would wow. stay awake and his best work was in the last 15 years of his life. Mm. However, imposter syndrome completely crippled him actually putting it out in the world. And so it, we're not, no one's immune to it. And when you talk about imposter syndrome, it is actually a psychological cycle. So it's an internalized fear with an internalized fear when we don't externalize it, it will go around. So it's actually a psychological loop driven by internalized fear. That's all it is. And that loop goes through, I think something, I feel something, I behave a certain way, and then I get the response. So I think, feel, behave, response, think, feel. So it's a psychological loop. To break that psychological loop, we have to think differently and we have to behave differently. And so my question to you and everyone out there, and think about this really carefully because this actually is my catalyst for removing um, that cycle in people. Donna, would you ever be untruth or not tell the truth when it comes to your business? No. Oh, really? No, I always... Am. Well, that's one of my core values is honesty and, and mm. being authentic. Yeah. Okay. So most people would say to me, oh God, no, I would never make a claim or do anything. Mm. And then my next thing is I talk about, well, do you believe holding crucial information back is actually a form of being dishonest? Holding crucial information back. Yeah. So if you were holding crucial information back, if it was mm. a crime scene or ah, yes. if it was someone, yeah. That's so if you were holding something back, yeah. mm. so why do we do it about our talents and our skills? Why do we do it about mm. our aspirations and our ability to add value to other people's lives? So when I talk to people, especially women, I'm going to cut to the chase, is we shrink back and we hold vital information that the other person is not able to make an informed decision about. And that is a disservice. It's actually dishonest. And so if it's the truth, if we have that impact on others, if we have that superpower, that talent, that skill, why don't we stand in that? Because the spotlight is never, ever, ever as bright on us as we think it is when we're Mm -hmm. telling our truth and standing there going, I'm really great at this. Let me help you. And I'm great at this and I'm great at this. I comfortably do that every day. I'm the first person to tell you what I'm awesome at, but only because I'm awesome at it. I'll also tell you what I'm really crap at and I'm mm-hmm. shit at. And yeah, I own that. Yeah. But no one is in the dark and everyone can make an informed decision whether I can add value to them And that's my responsibility is not to be dishonest. Mm -hmm. My responsibility is to help people make informed decisions. So I'm not lying and I'm not boasting. I'm not coming from a place of, I hope people believe that I am. I'm coming from a place that says, I don't really mind what you believe. I'll just let you know what I am in my belief and and, and in my experience. You can have your own experience, but in my experience, I'm great at brand. I energize people back into their businesses and brands. All of those proof points, and this is really important, is next time you hear yourself shrinking back, ask yourself, is the spotlight really that big? Am I boasting? Am I lying? Or am I beating my own chest? 
or am I just very humbly telling my truth so that someone can make an informed decision whether to work with me, invest me, invest in me, be my friend? I think that once that lands for people, and if you need to just skip back and then re-listen to that section, everybody, because once that lands, there is so much power in that, in breaking through that block that stops people in really stepping forward and really shining with what they have to offer. And like you said, people can take it or leave it. But if you don't tell people about it, then you're the world's best kept secret. And then, like you said, it is doing a disservice to the world. So and the thing is, in psychological terms as well, no one, no one else on this planet can ever take you at a higher value than you take yourself. Everyone will meet you at the value that you give yourself. So if you're undervaluing yourself, if you're shrinking back, people can only meet you there. They can't ever think more highly of you. They can, but they struggle. And they can't actually tell your narrative with the confidence that they need to. So they can't re-sing your praises or refer you on to another client. You need to make sure that the value of you is honest. It's the truth. And you get out of your own way so your impact can shine. Because no one really cares. Let's be honest, no one cares. When I talk about myself, I've gotten to know that no one thinks I'm boasting. Uh, My personal brand is actually warmly wise. So I embody that and everywhere I show up, it will always be warmly wise. I can give wisdom, but it's in this beautiful warm way that no one thinks I'm a wanker, right? Hopefully, some people might, but that's okay. Mostly I don't show up to go, oh, and another thing, you've got to do this and this and this. It's warmly wise. It's in this wonderful trusted friend over the back fence tone. Absolutely. I can totally, that is, you absolutely know that that is the way that you come across. And I have just taken so much of your warmly wise information today that's going to not only help me so much in my business, but I know really help other women in their business too. So thank you so much. It's been thought thought provoking and it's been activating and has really unlocked some exciting ideas in my mind that I'm sure, you know, your words would have done the same for other people listening too. So thank you so much for your lovely, warm wisdom. It's been so impactful. And as you said, everyone gets a whale out of our interview. So everyone gets their signature value map, which you and I have had the absolute privilege of going through one-on-one, which was, you know, blew me away. And I, I know it's really totally shifted you. But it just follows the compass. And again, a rule of four. What are those talents and skills that you have that you want to move forward with? What's the passions that you have that really light you up? And then we dig into what is your identity and reputation? And do you want to shift that? Or are you okay with that? And how are you articulating that? How are people perceiving you? And the most important question everyone needs to ask themselves right now, today, is what does the world need from you most? What does the world need from you most right now. All of those coming together and your signature value map and go on to articulate your value like a queen. Yeah, like a queen girl. So (laughs) definitely I will link to the show notes where you can go and download the exact um, signature values map that Nicole was just exploring and explaining to us. So you can go and get that. I've done it and I got a lot out of it. It's really like I sat down with a couple of Saturday mornings ago and I sat down and mapped it out. I let it ferment. I let it kind of settle for a while. And then I went back to it a few days later 
And I kept doing that until I became really clear with it. And, um, you know, I had a pretty good idea before, but it really just helped to just get that extra level of clarity and confidence. And so if personal brand is something that you really want to dive into more and you're listening to this thinking, yes, I want to do this, but how? That is your first place to start. Oh, and I love that. Let's all channel our inner tiramisu and soak in it. Like you do have to soak in it. You do have to get used to it. It sounds and feels really uncomfortable and weird. But once like little tiramisu, we soak all, all that goodness up, we're ready to go. Especially if it's like an espresso martini tiramisu, you know, like it's got that extra element of yum. Let's all let's all be espresso (laughs) martini tiramisu. (laughs) Oh well, thank you so much, Nicole. It's been lovely, and and it's been a giggle too. So thank you. (laughs) And I, uh, you've just energised me for the rest of the night. So thank you so much again, Donna. And Uh, I can't wait to keep chatting. This is the start of a much longer conversation. Ah, absolutely is. Absolutely. (laughs) If this conversation has sparked your curiosity into the ways that I could help you to transform your skills and confidence as a business owner and become more aligned to living your ideal work-life blend free from burnout, then you need to get a pen and mark this date in your diary. I am opening the doors to my Ready to Rise program on Tuesday, the 8th of March until the 15th of March. And if you sign up to the waitlist now, you'll qualify for some extra bonuses when you join. So go to the show notes or jump straight over to my website, donahan.com, where you can find all the details. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the show notes for anything extra I talked about today. If you liked the episode, make sure you subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review. Even better, share it with a friend because what I really want is to help women in business feel supported on their business journey. Share it on socials, tag me so that I can give your business a shout out too.